Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to give you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with the former associate editor of Buckeye Sports Bulletin and the publisher of the Hoopla newsletter, Wyatt Crozier. Wyatt is still a regular co-host with our old friend Patrick Mayhorn on the BSB podcast, but he's moved away from covering Ohio State and college sports in general over the past year. But via his previously mentioned newsletter, he still provides expert analysis on a variety of sports and pop culture topics, first and foremost, Big Ten women's basketball. So for those of us who are just now remembering that OSU sponsors two whole varsity basketball teams, Wyatt is here to give us a quick crash course on all things Buckeye women's hoops. Well, Buckeye women's hoops and the new movie Jackass Forever, because obviously. So with all of that now out of the way, here's my conversation with Wyatt Crozier. Okay, Wyatt, the Super Bowl is this Sunday, which means for many Ohio State fans, that is the end of their football season before the next football season starts with spring ball in like a month. So this like month and a half, six week time period is when Ohio State fans can pay attention to basketball. And both the men's and women's teams are having interesting but kind of up and down seasons. For folks who haven't been paying attention to the women's team all that much, we're recording on Friday. They just had a fairly important win uh, on Thursday night over Nebraska because they'd been up and down, had a great game against Iowa, kind of struggled against Rutgers, even though they they won that game. What is going on with this team from a 10,000 foot view? 
Yeah, so so coming into the year, um, the Ohio State women's basketball team, they, they had a pretty good year last season, and then they had the postseason ban, so uh, they were unable to, to be in the NCAA tournament. Those were some self-imposed things that happened. Um, so they had a bad stretch to end the year, but they seemed like a very talented team that could compete for potentially maybe even a Big Ten title. Uh, they had two big transfers out that kind of stunted at least my expectations for the team. Um, and then Dorky, Juhas, and Leah Patty being those two. Uh, and then they also lost Madison Green for the season to an injury right before the season started. So it seemed like they kind of capped what they could be. Maybe they'd be as good as last year, but you didn't think they'd do a whole lot. And then currently, as, as we record this, they are now 18-4. and four. Um, They have some pretty big wins, as you mentioned. The Iowa one and the Maryland one are the, the big ones. Then the Nebraska win last night's up there. Um, they're playing better than I had anticipated. I thought they'd be a good offensive team and they are very good offensively generally. Um, and their only losses are to three really good teams and then Syracuse, which is a bad one. Uh, so currently I would say this is an above expectation start for Ohio state. And it kind of makes you wonder like how good this, this team could be if this is kind of the, the type of play that you're going to see for the rest of the year. And you mentioned some of the transfers out, um, coach McGuff is hit that transfer portal quite a bit over recent years. And one of the best players on the team this year, and I think she's actually technically second in scoring, but there's two players for the for the Buckeyes who are averaging essentially 20 points a game, is Taylor Mikesell, who's uh, an Ohio native, but played at Oregon, and she's back. And she's starting to really seem to ramp up and get a lot of, of recognition this season uh, as it goes on and starting to get named to... Uh, a, a ton of like watch lists and stuff like that. How important has her addition to this team been, especially considering that Dorka left and is now off, you know, playing with UConn? Huge, huge would be would be to sell it. Probably, probably even undersell it. Uh, <laughs> my, Taylor Mikesell started at Maryland, and then she was pretty good there. And then she went to Oregon, and she had a bit of a down season. Um, and then she came here back home to Ohio State, like you said. She's an Ohio native. Uh, she's always been known as a good three point shooter. I think she was averaging like 40% from three for her career before this season started. And now, uh, as we sit here, she's averaging, uh, she shoots eight threes a game and she's hitting half of them. 49.7%. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I would say that's pretty good, Matt. Just, Justin Arns could only wish. <laughs> yeah, right. This is if, yeah, Justin Arns was hitting with like, Steph Curry efficiency and shooting eight a game. Like it's not because of low volume. She is, she is just putting up the numbers. And I thought she would be a decent, like a solid score, probably like second on the team, but JC Sheldon would be pretty far and away the first leading scorer. but she is right there with them getting 20 points a game from Taylor and Mike. with that level of efficiency has been huge, especially with no Madison green at point guard, no Dorka Juhas who can get a double, double pretty much any game. Like these have been huge, huge points to help JC Sheldon out. And I mean, apparently I was going to say at some point in the year, you would think it would slow down, but there's only a couple games left in the regular season and she's yeah. hitting half for threes. So yeah, and you mentioned Sheldon. These two are, like I said, both, Sheldon, I think, is averaging exactly 20 points a game. Mike Sell is uh, averaging 19 and a half. So essentially, they're both averaging uh, 20 points a game. There is a fairly decent drop-off between them and the the rest of the scoring. But when you've got two players scoring 40, I guess that, that makes sense. But how would you define this offense? Is it really guard heavy with those two? Do they have much of a post presence down low? Um, I know uh, Taylor, and I'm not, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Taylor, is it Thier- Theory? Theory? Okay. I thought it was Thierry because of Thierry Henry. That's exactly theory. what I thought. It yeah. Is theory. 
but you know, she's five eleven um, and plays forward. Had a great game last night against Nebraska. How? What is the distribution of 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 offense and focus for this team? Uh, you know, when they've got the ball, guard heavy would be the accurate term. Um, yeah. Without with Dorka Juhas and Aliyah Patty, were both um, there's tall. I think not, maybe not their tall players, but a center and a forward, six three and six four. Uh, and they were their top rebounders last year, and they have been pretty much their whole time here. Uh, very big loss in size. So I thought Ohio State's best course of action would have been to pretty much play all guards, and I thought that you'd see a little more of that. Uh, Rebecca Mikulasakova is the big, the big center they have. I think she's also six four, uh, but she also like she'll shoot threes. She's not. A, she hit a number of threes against Nebraska. Yeah. Yes, she's not a crazy like interior presence. She's okay in there, but this team was going to rely on like three point shooting and speed and pace, and that is how they've won games. It's just they they do a lot of ball movement. They they're hard to guard because they all can shoot and they can move the ball around really well. Uh, JC Sheldon is, is a really, really talented player. She's, she averages 20 points a game and she's a, like a five ten point guard, but she only averages like four, three attempts a game. She's doing a lot of work inside. She's very good at that. She's very good at getting the free throw line. Uh, just a really talented all around player. Uh, but this, this team relies so heavily on their guards and Taylor theory is a good one to bring up because she's a, she's a true freshman. And I didn't think we'd see a ton of her this year, but I think recently, especially she's really stepped into this good off the bench role and she's a strong player. Uh, and I think she's a good two way type of guard forward hybrid player that, that they need because they're not, they're not winning a lot of games with rebounds. I think against Nebraska, they were out rebounded by like 16. So they're do they're winning despite of that. And it's yeah. because of their incredible shooters and they're, they're hard to guard. One other player on this roster that I feel like we have to mention just because if any, like I said earlier, Ohio State football fans start tuning into <laughs> women's basketball games, they're going to be very confused that Braxton Miller is averaging seven points uh, per game. Now, she's been on the team. She's a transfer, uh, been on the team now. I don't This might even be her third year at this point uh, with the team. So I at least want to throw her out. She is the fourth leading scorer on the team. I feel like when she transferred... Um, a lot of people kind of expected her to end up being like the star of the team, but she's been a, a pretty serviceable role player since she came. So again, another Ohio native who went out of state, went to Oklahoma State and came back uh, to to Ohio in the Buckeyes. It's funny because I think when when Braxton Miller transferred in, I think it was the same sort of thought that I would have about Taylor Mike Sell and what she did. I thought she was going to be a mostly three point shooter. Um, you know, bringing a lot of points and, and she'd be a solid role player. And while Taylor Mikesell is doing way more than that, Braxton Miller does a lot more work in other ways. Uh, she's an oak. She's a pretty good three point shooter. I think is 38% on the year is, is pretty solid, but she's a really good playmaker. She's a big leader for this team. It is her third year. She came back with the, with the extra year of eligibility. Uh, she's a, she's a solid defender. She can cover a lot of positions. Uh, I think she just brings a lot of different things to the offense and she doesn't need the ball a lot to do to be valuable. And I think that helps, especially when you have two other like high volume scorers on your team. I think she's just a nice player to have out there at all times. Well, you mentioned the fact that the season is winding down four regular season games left. Ohio state, um, is kind of, the women are kind of in the same situation as the men where because of like some different COVID things, both for them and other teams, they're still technically like in the hunt for a big 10 title, but it seems like it's a long shot. They're currently in a three-way tie for third, uh, at 10 and three Indiana, has has played three fewer games, but they're nine and one. Michigan is eleven and two. Ohio State does has four games left, but doesn't play either of those teams. So it's it it'd be a stretch to think that they could win the Big Ten. But they're really in a fight there with Maryland and Iowa. 
to make sure that they stay in the top four so that they get the buy into the quarterfinals in the uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Looking ahead at the remaining games that they have in the regular season, um, they do play uh, Illinois, Maryland, and uh, Wisconsin, and then I guess Penn State and Michigan because Penn State was rescheduled. So I think they might actually have five games left. Yeah. So um, how does that shake out going against that slate down the stretch to potentially get them that what essentially I think is a double buy, right? Yeah, I would say that, um, first of all, the two of the games on there, Illinois and Wisconsin, are against two of the low, like the lowest low-end teams of the Big Ten. So those should be both wins, even if Illinois is on the road. Uh, Penn State is is on the lower rung in the Big Ten, but they're a tricky team. They have McKenna Maurice is one of the best players in the conference. I wouldn't say it's a gimme, but it's at home and definitely should be a win. Uh, Michigan State just beat Michigan, which was a major upset. Um, Ohio State has beaten them earlier this year, but it was only by six. So, like... I, that's one to watch for. It could be a big game. It's the last game of the season. Uh, but that Maryland one is huge. That Maryland one is yeah. huge for for many reasons. One, it's going to be a ranked matchup, most likely. Maryland's a very good team. But also because currently Ohio State's holding that tiebreaker over Maryland with the win and the head-to-head. Uh, and you don't want to lose that, certainly. Um, I don't know what their numbers of games are going to be. I don't know if it's going to be different. Currently, they're both 10-3. and three. But if Ohio State and Maryland... Like if Ohio State can win both games against Maryland, they should be able to lock in That's huge, at yeah. top four and maybe third, depending on what Iowa does. And uh, I think that that game is going to be massive. It's on the road. Uh, it, Maryland is is a very very talented team, and they're both offensively they're both offense based. Their their defense is not exceptional on either side. It was really fun last time. Uh, so I think that game will probably decide if Ohio State can kind of lock up that double buy or if they need other teams to to lose games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Going into the game against Nebraska on Thursday night, ESPN projected Ohio State as a number seven seed. Actually projected both um, Ohio State and Nebraska as seven seeds in the NCAA tournament with a win over a very good Nebraska team. Uh, I assume that maybe moves them up a bit. What do you feel like if they, let's say they run the table here in these last five games, uh, you know, discounting whatever could happen in the Big Ten tournament, but where do you think that they will slot in and how do you think that they stack up nationally? We know they're you know, holding their own in the Big Ten, but as you kind of take their style of play and compare it, compare it to a lot of the teams they might face in uh, in the tournament, how do you think they stack up on the bigger picture? If they can run the table, if they can take down Maryland, especially and, and finish this year twenty three and four, um, I think that's looking like um, maybe like a three or a four seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Depending, the Big Ten tournament obviously could could change that as well. But twenty three and four, two wins over Maryland, your three of your losses are very. They're very um, forgivable, at least by opponent, but they did get dominated in all three. So I don't know yeah. what I don't know what the, kind of the balance is there. But uh, beating Iowa, Nebraska is a good team. I think Nebraska was super comparable to Ohio State before that game. Hmm. So to, so to beat them, I think is is a big you know resume booster. I think if they beat Maryland, you're looking at probably maybe a four seed, and then if they lose, you're probably maybe five or six. Um, nationally, I think they're an interesting team that that. 
it's a cliche, but one that you wouldn't want to play against because of how good they are offensively. If they just start hitting threes, I think they could beat almost anybody. They have a very clear flaw in that they don't rebound well and they don't have a very strong interior presence. So if it got to the point where you like had to play like a South Carolina who dominates the glass, I think that's a blowout. I don't think there's really a route there Um, unless you're hitting all of your threes. It would have to be that severe. Uh, So I think there is a a cap on like this team. I don't think it's a national title year. You never know, but I would say that the sweet 16 is certainly possible um, and definitely winning at least one tournament game, like should be the goal at this point. Yeah. I think that goes for men and women at this point. Um, (laughs) So we we've talked about, you know, kind of the turnover that this roster has had with either people transferring out. You talked about um, uh, Braxton Miller coming back for her, I don't know, 17th year in college or whatever, but they do have, you know, uh, Mike Sell is a, is a senior. They've got some other seniors uh, on the roster and some graduate students. Do you anticipate this team moving forward with the rest of the group with, with Sheldon back and Madison green and and some of these other veteran players being back? Or do you anticipate seeing some more comings and goings like we've seen from the women's side for the past, I don't know, two, three, four seasons. I think it'll be interesting, and I you might have to double-check me on this, but I'm pretty sure Taylor Mikesell could come back if she wanted because of the okay, free great. year of eligibility. Um, and if she came back and you get J.C. Sheldon, Madison Green, and Taylor Mikesell, this team should be very good again. You lose yeah. Braxton Miller, and I think Tanaya Beecham is the other super senior on the team. And you never know about the transfer portal. I didn't think Dorka Juhas and Leah Patty would leave, so you just never know. Uh, but if they did keep that core together... And I mean, if they ran it back, I think this team has big 10 title aspirations that the guard unit is just so good. And Madison green is such a good point guard and like facilitator of the offense that I think Sheldon and Mike. So just get open that much more. Uh, that would be dangerous. You never know. You never know what transfers. And um, it's hard to say for sure, but especially if just Sheldon and Madison green are back, they should be a ranked team again. They're, they're, a really good dynamic duo. They've been together for three years, even if Madison Green's not playing this year. Uh, it, it, they shouldn't. There shouldn't be a drop off, but um, who knows? Who yeah. knows in the transfer portal? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, who knows? Uh, also, always have to give a shout out to Madison Green, fellow Pickerington Tiger. So uh, love yes. see, love hearing that. Um, all right, so I want to talk real quick, transition away from women's basketball and, and talk about your newsletter a little bit because you uh, in Hoopla, you obviously cover a lot of the Big Ten women's basketball stuff, but then you talk about other stuff. Um, So I want to hear your thoughts on Jackass Forever or whatever the hell it's called, because I apparently this is like the next Citizen Kane or something, according to you. Is that correct? Yeah, I I would uh, say it's probably better than Citizen Kane. You know, if you I don't know. I don't know the last time Citizen Kane has made me uh, laugh that hard, certainly, if that's your gauge. Uh, Jackass Forever is this wonderful piece of art uh it's it's really it's really a special movie if it i was just grinning ear to ear the whole 90 minute runtime um if you know jackass you know what it's going to be it's a bunch of bits where they hurt each other but there's something beautiful about it because it's just them hurting each other they're not they're not hurting anybody else they're all having a good time uh it's it's just a blast they're so creative in the ways that they will damage their bodies and they're like 50 years old now a lot of them so it's yeah. just it's just an insane watch. It just, it's so much fun because everyone's in on the joke. It's not like a YouTube prank where someone's actually getting hurt or it's fake or all that jazz. 
that's what I like about it. Uh, and I would recommend it to anyone because it's just, it's just a blast. Uh, probably, I haven't seen it, but probably a blast literally. And I'm sure there's some or oh, yes. literal blasts uh, in oh, addition yes. to figurative ones. So, um, all right. So one other thing at the end of the year, you did like your, what's it, your, your top 50 songs of 2021. I and did. I have to admit, I, I am not a, I'm old. I don't listen to modern music, but I, I subscribed to the thing on the playlist you made on Spotify. And I went through and listened to all of them. And the ones that I liked, I added to like my favorite songs. So Thank you. what is it? We're only a month and a half in, but do you have a favorite song or two of 2022 yet? Let me think about this real fast. The first one that comes to mind, it would probably be my favorite song so far is walk in by Denzel Curry. I don't know if you're, do you know Denzel Curry? Uh, I would have thought he was Steph's other brother, Steph and uh, no, nothing. <laughs> he's a, he's a rapper and he's usually a very aggressive rapper, but he's kind of gone with a little more subdued, laid back, like R&B sort of sound with this one. And it works. It's so, so good. I've listened to that one a ton. Um, there's an album from Black Country, New Road. That's called Ants from up there. That's kind of an alternative rock. I don't know, like post rock type of type of sound. I really, really like that album. Um, if you're into folk music, uh, Big Thief came out with an album today that I really liked. I okay. just listened to that. Nice. Uh, eclectic, still, very eclectic, all over the place for you. Going all over the place. The Weekends album is very good, Dawn FM. Uh, there's been a lot of good music in like a month. <laughs> yeah. It's been a good January and February. Yeah, and I can't, you know, anytime someone talks about The weekend, I can't help but think of the stupid Twitter meme. So, Ladies uh, and gentlemen. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, The weekend, <laughs> um, which is great because we're talking on Friday and, you know, Daniel Craig and all oh, that yeah. stuff. So, um, all right. So I, I, I don't want to get out of here without getting a, a Super Bowl pick for you because why not? Um, and a, a, there's obviously some a, a decent amount of Ohio State players that are playing for the Super Bowl. Um, you covered uh, Ohio State in all capacities for a long time. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on uh, on who's going to win, what you think is going to happen? How much of an Ohio State legend will Joe Burrow be when he wins the Super Bowl? I'm so torn on the Super Bowl because for, for one, I'm happy because it's like two teams that are very fun. I, I'm yes. a Browns fan, so I guess it would hurt to see the Bengals win before. But also they're a pretty they're an entertaining team. It's not the Chiefs. It's not the Bucks. It's not a team that I've seen a million times. So I think it's a fun little weird Super Bowl. My I keep getting back to can the Bengals just win without any good reason? Because they did that against the Chiefs. I didn't think they'd have a chance. And the Rams, I think, are the more talented team in almost every spot besides like maybe receiver, but that's really close. (laughs) That's really, really close. Uh, But can the Bengals just win anyways? uh, I'm going to go with no, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I'll go with a close Rams win, like 27-24, something like that, very generic score. I know, but I think that Matt Stafford, I really, really like Matt Stafford. I would be excited to see him win a Super Bowl. I think he gets it done. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to probably get sacked a bunch of times because they have Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Uh, and and Cincinnati has no offensive line. Isaiah so, Prince. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> so, God. so we'll see how Isaiah Prince does if Aaron Donald is uh, lined up across from him. That should be murder. Yeah. Uh, and then you have what Eli Apple have to try to cover Odell Beckham, which is fascinating that'll be fun i'm i'm excited because like those are two ohio state players that i don't know how the hell they've gotten here but then you have like von bell's all right and then sam hubbard is good i like sam yeah. hubbard uh it's just a weird hodgepodge of ohio state guys on there and then joe burrow considering ohio state legend yeah. yes that's right 
That's that's what everyone says. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you know that um, Sam Hubbard, I think, used to play lacrosse and almost went to Notre Dame to play what? lacrosse? Had you heard that before? No. What? <laughs> Oh, good times. So um, I appreciate it uh, so much, Wyatt. Uh, give our old friend Patrick uh, the best. Uh, miss doing podcasts with that guy. So uh, I always enjoy listening to the BSB shows um, to hear you guys giggle about things for the first 20 minutes before talking about anything <laughs> of substance. So uh, I love that. So thank you for your insight on this. I'm dialed in uh, on this team, and uh, we've got a lot of women's basketball coverage now uh, that we've kind of turned the season over uh, at Land Grant. So we appreciate you giving us some uh, some expert insight to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. We will have a link to where you can subscribe to Wyatt's Hoopla newsletter and how you can follow him on Twitter in the show notes and in the article version of this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com. If you are finding this episode on the aforementioned website, please subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. We are releasing a different podcast episode every single day with different voices, focuses, and perspectives that you won't find anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe, for better or for worse. Finally, follow LGHL on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can follow me at BWWMatt. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon, and as always, go Bucks.